Hello, No Bad Dog Army. This is a first time episode, uh, or first time topic, I should say. It's a great topic. Uh, it's a, it's it's troubleshooting when you have to go away, when you have to go on vacation, when you have to leave, or you know, if you want a dog walker for the day and you have a dog that's reactive. This is something that I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to or have problems with or questions on. And we, I don't think we've really dug into it too much. So this is exactly that. Um, it's short and sweet compared to the others as far as length, but it's, it's a great podcast on troubleshooting how to do all this stuff successfully. And this is something I have a ton of experience in just because I was a dog walker well before I was a trainer, as some of you uh, may already know. And so being able to to go through this in the, in the rounds again about how to enter a house with a dog like this uh, kind of brought back some memories. So this is some old school stuff for me. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys have questions as listeners, go to the iTunes review chart, leave your review and your question, and I'll answer it next episode. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions as well. So we're going to get right into the podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and talk to you at the end. Oh, man, I'm um, dealing with my German. I have two shepherds, one male, one female. My female, very aggressive towards strangers. Now, I'm in a predicament right now. Because I just I travel every other work every other month for work. I had a legit dog sitter back home that she loved. However, I just moved states. I'm now in Florida and I'm getting ready to go out go out of the country here in like ten days. Try to introduce her to a new dog sitter and man, it's just not going well. Um, very good outside. She lets the girl walk her on a leash. It's when we get in the house or. Even under, we were at the park last night, even under like a shelter, any enclosed area, the other girl moves her arm too fast or like gets up off the couch in my house. My dog's lunging at her. I had her on a leash, thank goodness. But, you know, I just don't know what to do about the situation. <laughs> okay. Um, has, has she tried to um, handle the dog without you there in your house? No. See, that's what I wanted to ask you because interestingly enough, I had a sitter a couple years ago that she did not know. And the initial introduction went very similar to how it's been the past few days. Not good. Mm -hmm. However, that sitter said, sure, I'll still watch her. So that was the only introduction, just that one time that did not go good. She went over to out of town. Next thing I know, she's sending me pictures with like cuddling with my dog. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. You know, is it just because I'm is it just because I'm there? But then again, having this new girl just kind of come in my house, you know, it's kind of a liability. Like, how do I trust that it's going to be right. the same, the same thing? Yeah, totally. Well, it definitely could be just you for sure. Um, that's, that's definitely on the table. That happens all of the time. Uh, the other thing that I would say is here's what I would do. Uh, and we deal with this we're actually dealing with this right now just because we have a dog named Hawk at the facility that uh, he's a Malinois that just doesn't like new people, but we have a routine that once you do, he's good. But we're putting in a guillotine door. So when people who are doing the night shift, the kennel people and they're new or whatever, they can just go zoop, and then he's out. He's good. So it's, it's interesting because we're dealing with this now. But as far as your home, the things that I would be doing is – having this, you're leaving in 10 days, depending on this uh, girl's availability and whatever, uh, I would be paying her to come over as much as you possibly can. Literally once a day is not even like, 
there's there's not enough time that this person can spend that would be overdoing it. So again, just depends on logistics and things, but I would be doing, uh, that's what I would be doing is I would be just doing desensitization um, just to say, hey, I want you to come over. Um, I'll pay you for your time and everything uh, just so I feel comfortable. So when you leave the country, you're good. And, and, and there's nothing better. Well, there's not many things better than your dog being well taken care of while you're away trying to work or enjoy yourself or both. So um, because then once you have that person, you're good. You know, you don't have to worry about it when you're booking that trip and things like that. So I, I know how valuable that is myself. But I'd be having that person come over um, and then going out for walks together and then having her. C- what you want to do is you want to start uh, exercising the variable of you not being in the situation. And so if you go for a little walk and you're outside and she's fine with that person and then you come inside and she's not, that's likely because of her comfortability uh, or the dog's uncomfortability in that tight space with you because it could become a protective thing. And that's why I mentioned that. And that's why you said, oh yeah, well actually it's funny because the last dog walker, this went the same way and I just kind of trialed it and it was great. But again, like you leaving the country, you can't really get that phone call or that email. It's like, I can't do this. So that's what I would be doing is again, you have 10 days. So just reach out to this person or just say, Hey, can I talk to you for 10 minutes on the phone? Just big look. Want you to come over every evening, every afternoon, whatever you can, and then basically you guys go for a walk, and then you have her go inside with the dog, and then just work on some routines. Now, what I would be doing is muzzle conditioning your dog. Um, Ten days isn't really a ton of time to muzzle condition a dog that's never had one on, but if not muzzle, then uh, I'd be working on scenarios um, like going into the backyard or any scenario that you can like what I would do, especially for a dog like this, that is kind of like punking, or at least it seems like it's punking. We don't really know. You don't want obviously the girl to get bit and vice versa. So, um, things that I would be doing too, is just setting, like if you go into your backyard or you have a place in your house where you can X pen your dog off where, so they make X pens, which are basically, um, like, uh, uh, they're like gates, but they're, they're like foldable. So they have panels and they, they go like, some of them go like six feet across. And so what you could do is your dog sitter can stay outside after you had a nice walk. You can go inside, put your dog into the X pen and then you leave and then she goes in. So what that does is it eliminates you from the equation. And then it also like some of the best breakthroughs I've had with dogs just in general has been ignoring them like if you get a fearful insecure dog that's like basically trying to be an enforcer where they're like get out of my house or i'm gonna bloody you up or i'm gonna you know i'm thinking like like a hockey player or something that's like trying to be big and scary and so what you do is you just say hey you don't you don't phase me and that really that really shuts that down for them because they're like oh i'm not getting any reaction this isn't working but on the other end and on a bigger picture it kind of eliminates that Uh, I would call tension between the dog and the person because there's, there's just nothing. So here's what I'm envisioning is you go for that nice walk. You come in, you put your dog into an X pen. You can go out to bet, um, um, PetSmart or Petco or your local place and just get one like tonight. And you can grab one of those. You set it up in your house and you kind of just bungee it or zip tie it to like, 
you know, what, whatever. And you have that little space and then you just, you just walk her in. It's like a, think about like a, like a play area for a kid. It's just like kind of blocked off on one part of the house. You walk your dog in and then you just walk out the door and then she walks in and then she just, she comes in and she starts doing fresh water and she starts just kind of like doing some things around the house or in the kitchen or wherever you're going to have her. And what this does is it creates this normalcy of like this per from the dog's point of view where they're like, I'm uncomfortable that you're in my house. I don't know you that well. I'm protective of dad what this does is it takes you out of the equation and it also gives this person some sort of normalcy within your house. So if you have like, think about it like in any other circumstance or context is if you're, if you're sitting there in a house and somebody walks in and starts going through the cabinets and the fridge and stuff, you're like, Oh, they live they're, they're comfortable here. They live here. And that's what I, that's what I've done in the past is I've just I actually yeah. recently did this in New York city is I would just go over to the kitchen sink and I would just wash my hands and I would just go over to the trash, pull the trash out of the bin, put it in, turn around, just kind of walk back and forth. And it just immediately put the dog at ease because I was doing confident. I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Like we're good. I'm going through the motions that you would go through. And if you have a dog that historically or in the past or both, meaning like it hasn't happened several times, but it has happened before that if you're out of the equation, we're good. So those are like two very, very big successful like powerhouses that'll really help you, especially if it's, if it's a dog that's been successful in the past with basically you getting out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I even had her walk her last night. I told her, you know, you just take the leash and I'm just going to walk across the street and you just kind of stay here yeah. and Sage that's fine i mean she just watched me but she wasn't going after her or anything like that because i wasn't it was really interesting and you know i've had this issue i think it's gotten worse even with age the vet's always been an issue have to muzzle her they've been they've even had to sedate her just to like clip her nails so it's been an ongoing thing but I, i just feel like ever since i started traveling every other month for work the past year and a half i feel like she's gotten worse i don't know if that's playing into it yeah, uh, it, it definitely does, especially with the move and everything. Like that's that that definitely plays a role. Obviously, like dogs who have the transitional changes and you just traveling in general or not traveling and not getting a routine that definitely plays a part in in them. But it's just like with people, like think about think about this. Like when you like when you travel, but you stay on your routine, it helps you adapt really quick, right? Like say every morning you go for a run, you have this smoothie, you do this, you do that. And then you go to a different country and you do the same thing. It helps your whole body and mind just stay on track where if you completely change that, everything is off whack and kind of going haywire. So as long as it doesn't matter like where you're traveling and stuff, like as long as you stay in a routine, um, it's helpful. It doesn't change the fact that their bed is in a different place and their yard is smaller, bigger, and so on and so forth. But as long as you kind of keep that routine and I would just say from a behavioral standpoint, uh, what you said about you just crossing the street and her walking with the dog walker and her not really having a, you know, a huge issue with that is, is a big deal as far as her caring about that person. So that just means that she's not aggressive towards new people. She's only aggressive under a certain circumstance, a certain variable. 
and it could be the house and it could be you or it could be both. And that's why it's important that you do these exercises to try to find the variable because there's a really good chance if you walk into that X pin and alternatively, like you could do a crate, but a crate kind of makes the dog in a vulnerable space. This X pen can give the dog like the whole kitchen or the whole living room or, you know, whatever. Um, other things that I've done too is like, I've also done it on the, you could try this too. Let me get, let me finish this first. So that just tells you that, um, when you leave the scenario, there's a good chance. Like if you were to set up a camera or something and you could also get creative with not doing a camera, you can just kind of FaceTime her and she can put up her phone so you can watch or whatever, but you come in drop her in the X pen and then you leave and then this person comes in and the dog is just focused on the door that you walked out of instead of the person sitting at your kitchen table or washing their hands. That just tells you how much she cares about this person, which is minimal, which is common. So I would just say like that would be from a behavioral standpoint. That Those are the things I would be doing is you just start peeling off layers and you start to figure, try to figure out like what's the reason, what's the trigger, what's the variable, um, and so on and so forth. And that'll give you an opportunity to really narrow it down a bit. Oh, it's not the new person. It's not even the house. It's me in the house with the new person. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking. Cause believe it or not, the girl, is, she doesn't act like she is terrified of her, which shocks me. Cause I mean, I'm, doing all I can to pull her back on the leash. She's still trying to lunge at her. And she was like, I can try just going in the house without you. And, you know, my thinking, I'm like, I can't, you know, what am I going to do if she bites you? You don't have anywhere to go if you just walk in the house. So mm-hmm. I like the idea. Do you think I should muzzle her in the house, like before the girl comes in? Not if she has the X, not if you have the X pen set up, just because, just, again, like our goal is to try to normalize and isolate the behavior of the dog with this new person. And if you slap on a muzzle to a dog that's not been muzzle conditioned, you're going to take away the purpose because she's going to be so focused on trying to get that muzzle off than the other person. It's not going to do you any good. So I, the muzzle will be good if you want to take the next step. And to be honest with you, again, like you have to look at the big goal and the big goal is you being able to leave the country with this dog and this person. So then the very next more advanced step would be like, all right, I want you to, excuse me, I want you to come over at like five o'clock tomorrow, excuse me. And then I'm not going to have her anywhere. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the house. I'm just going to literally get in my car and go a block down the road and you're going to go in and um, there's a couple different ways that you can do it. But one of the ways that I would personally ask you to do is if you muzzle her and then she walks in, that'll immediately give you an opportunity to like, see how she would be without you there. The only downfall to that is, is if she takes off the muzzle by the time that you leave and she walks in. Um, but, but again, getting, getting granule and creative with you. One thing that you can easily do even without the muzzle is you can take the X pen and set it up around your front door or wherever you're at. So that way, when she walks in, the dogs can't access her. She can just stand there and she can kind of judge how the dogs are being. So that X pen really acts as a buffer because you'll, and this is coming from, this is, I have so much experience in this in particular, because before I even got into professional training, I was a dog walker for a long time. So there were a lot of dogs that same exact thing. 
like literally to a T where I'd be like, okay, you know, and it's the same thing like where I'm at now is I'm that behavioral guy. So I was like that for dog walking. I had to get really creative. So having that X pen, when you walk in and the dog's or somebody's here and then they sniff and she's like, Hey guys, how are you? And like things that I would do is I wouldn't make a big deal out of me. I wouldn't stand stagnant. I wouldn't be trying to pet them and lean into them. I would come in. I would literally just start like doing random shit. Like I would grab, like if there's a package outside, I would bring it in, put it down, stand up. I would act like I'm doing something on the wall and I'd walk out. And then I'd come in and I'd just keep doing that. And the dogs would be like, oh, because it's kind of like this security system where if somebody walks in and acts a certain way, like dogs can detect high blood pressure. They know if you're nervous, you know? So if somebody comes in, they're just like trying to just, you know, random do stuff. And then they walk out, they walk into the driveway 30 seconds later, they come back in and they're just, you're normalizing. I'm here. I'm supposed to be here. Look at me supposed to be here. And the dogs are like, oh, I know you. And that's really helpful. And yeah. the other thing, the other thing that I've done too, again, on top of this is I've done certain things um, where if you have, do you have a backyard? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's fenced in. Okay. So one really successful thing that I've had is again, when you have a dog like this, that would really rather not be aggressive where they're just, they feel like they have to, again, like if a dog comes after somebody in the house and then we walk outside and they're on the leash with that person and they don't care, that just tells you that they're only nervous in the house. So sometimes what I do to kind of break the ice is I will get them outside quick. So sometimes I'll, I'll like, depending on how your house is set up, I'm just trying to think to be creative is like if it's a dog that's unsure, this is more for fearful dogs than anything else. If a dog is unsure, what I do is I give them a clear opportunity to escape the situation. Because if I have a fearful dog that's like howling in the other room at me because they're nervous and they're right. And then there's another dog that's like, Hey, what's up? How are you? Good to see you. It gives you an opportunity where you go, you walk in, Hey guys. And you walk straight to the door slide the door open. One of the dogs goes out and the other dog goes, Ooh, and then they fly out as well. And then you just do your thing. So giving them that clear opportunity to, to go out that door is helpful. And then you can get creative with how your X pen is set up because, um, that is an easy option. Like if you walk in and you're, if she is in an X pen over here and the other dog is friendly and could care less, she walks in, you go to the back door, slide it open go outside. And then the other dog wants nothing more to go outside to play with her brother. So she's like, forget the person. I just want to go outside. So that's another thing that you can do. Um, and then the other thing, um, is if you do have a crate and she is crate trained, that is another opportunity to play it safe. And this is an opportunity. So this is something that you can do with a dog without a guillotine. And I'm just thinking on this on the fly, actually, because I'm like, well, this is a pretty good idea. <laughs> so what you could do, is she crate trained? She's not. Okay. So you have 10 days, obviously crate training a dog for... So here's what you could do. Okay, so the crate, the crate allows you to like hold a dog in a spot and it's good for 10 life-saving, changing 
reasons, but I'm not going to get into that. But what you can do is for the exercise that we're doing where you're like, I really need her to be good with this person. The other thing that you can do too is if you set up your scenario where let's say your, your, your back door is in the back of your house, obviously, then you'd put your crate and you'd put her in the crate and the other dog would be out. You would walk out the door, wait 30 seconds. She would walk in and she, so you don't have to muzzle. You don't have to X pen. You don't have to worry. She would be in her crate. And then what this person can do is just do the same thing I've been talking about. Let the other dog outside, fill up the water dishes, normalize her being there. Hey, I'm here. You can sniff me through the crate. We're good. And then you can take that X pen and basically put it to her crate, wrap it around to where the outside is. You can, she can open that crate door and she can go right outside without any issue. So now you have this dog that was, you came in and she's crated inside. So we're good. And the point of this is a, it's safe for the dog walker and B it puts the dog into a position where she's outside, where she's likely going to have way less of a problem. And it's going to give you that 30 to 40 minutes for her to warm up to this person while she's just sitting on the back deck or the back steps or whatever. And they're just hanging out. And then she doesn't have to necessarily like put the dog back into the crate. That's just something that you might want to do using these 10 days to say, um, I I don't want to crater. Um, she knocks over the X pen, whatever. So you put her in the crate by the back door. That X pen is basically just wraps around to the door. So you let her out and it just acts like a little shoot. She doesn't have to touch the dog. She doesn't have to touch the door. She lets, she opens the door up. Your other dog goes out. You move the X pen. You say, let her out. She goes, um, so there's so much that you can do, but basically what you want to do with a dog like this, because she doesn't have, she's not aggressive towards this person. It's only under context, which is the best type of, it's the best type of aggression that you could want. What do you have a brand of X pen or are they all pretty similar? They're all really similar. I don't, I don't have anything in particular. I just get them and they're, um, they're just like, I'm just going to try to show you really quick what they look like. They're just like little panels. So you can get them off Petco, Chewy, but of course you want to get one like today or tomorrow. And they're, you can get, they come in like four, I think, or six foot. And they look like, they look like this. Can Can you see that? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and it's hard for them to not, they won't, she won't knock that over. Will she? Well, have to worry about that. She could, she could, but, um, the answer is yes. But the way that you, the way that we do it is we usually just use like, um, we use like leashes or we'll use bungees to tether it to something. And, but okay. when you have a dog that like Hawk, for an example, the, the Malinois that I was talking about, he could knock that over and jump over it. And he just doesn't, he's just like, this is my spot and he loves it. He's fine. Um, so I typically doggies will just kind of spin when they get excited to go out. But, um, I really don't, from what you've said, I don't think she's the dog that's going to try to knock this over to get to anybody. Um, but the the only downfall to what you're dealing with is time. Like you don't have a lot of time. So, but but she also seems like the dog that once you're in, you're in. And I think as long as this dog walker does, I mean, to, to be honest, I would say 
come over tonight. She's going to be in her X pen and you guys just ignore her and you just sit there and you say, here's where the water, I mean, I'm sure you've all done this, but you just sit there and have conversation and then you let her out and you just continue to normalize because that gives you an opportunity for you not to be nervous and for the dog walker not to be nervous. You put her in this X pen, you guys have a conversation and then you walk out the door and then she can let the dog out or you, all of these things I would be, don't do it. Here's what everyone does is they do it once. Meaning if you have a successful opportunity where the dog walker comes in with no reaction because of the setup, whatever, whatever setup you decide to go with, don't just do it that one time, do it over, have her walk out and then come back in and then walk it because that entry is the problem. It's her going, I don't know you. I haven't, I don't really, I haven't really seen you before. Who are you? Why are you here? It's that first contact that the scared, fearful dog has with the person. And if that person comes in and out several times, it's less of a problem. It's kind of like getting into an ice bath. It's like the first time is always the hardest. And then every time you do it, you're like, okay, this is easier. So just make sure that if you have like a half an hour with her, just park your car, go down the road and just say, call me if you have any problems, but have her come in and out and, and, or you can just hang out in your driveway or whatever, but just in and outside. So, so that entry is hard. And that's where like people have a hard time with, um, dogs reacting to people when they come in but they're only working on it under the circumstance of the most distracting, hardest thing. So they're like, Hey, my dog doesn't like when people come over, it's a hard time. So they just wait for the the doorbell and they wait for the person to come in and they try to work on it at that point. And you, you want to set up everything several times before you even get close to that. Okay. Yeah. Cause she, she has a very small circle and a lot of it too. She was never, I work from home, so it's really it's me and her, and then my my girlfriend who still lives in Kentucky, where I came from. But she was the one that was watching her, so it's like the people that she's been surrounded with her whole life, she's cool with. Right. Anybody outside of that, not so much. Yeah, yeah, and like like so. I said before, it's this is. Um, I know it may seem not to you, but as far as your dog being reactive to guests, this is like the best type of reactivity that you can get, um, just because. You know, it could be a lot worse, I guess. I mean, she could really not like new people and it'd be really hard. And then, and then at that point, you, you just have to find a boarding facility that has a guillotine door and they just open it up and that's it. Like, that's what we used to do for Hawk. Again, the Malinois that doesn't like people. He's just, he he's a working dog. He doesn't care where he is. He just doesn't like new people. So he was at this farm and they would just open the guillotine up. They'd put his food, they'd clean his kennel. She'd come back in or he'd come back in. and And then over time, they actually they actually like got to be friendly with them because they were around them so much. And so I think that that's what happened with this girl is this routine is, is really nice. And that would be the other alternative, I guess, just again, keep, I'm stacking up ideas for you is if you installed, again, you can go to PetSmart or whatever and install one of those guillotines. And then you do the same thing. You have the X pen and the crate and, and, or whatever. And then you just use it. I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things that you can do, but, it really just depends on what's realistic for you guys, but she doesn't, 
because she can walk next to that person out of context and be completely fine just tells me that she's that's the problem i mean you just yeah, yeah. i would ask you because typically if you see someone who legit like a dog that wants to hurt everybody that she doesn't know she wouldn't let her walk her nope. like that huh nope it would be it would be relentless okay. like coming after you and that's not it you're like oh if i just change the context are you okay yeah sure I don't have any problem with you. And that's that, yeah. like, like when I do behavioral assessments, that's, that's the best thing to see is like, Oh, this dog actually isn't mean, isn't inherently aggressive towards strangers and doesn't want to hurt anybody. She just is under certain circumstances. It gets too much for her. And that's why this is like, that's what I was saying is like, this is the best type of, <laughs> you know, type of yeah. you know, aggression you could have. I guess that would explain like the hand movements or her moving too fast is really triggering to her. She's more so like just scared. Yeah, she's watching. Yep, exactly. She's watching her every movement. And that's why putting putting the dog in the X-Pen and have this girl come in and just start moving along your house. And it's silly, okay. but it, that's what works. That you just go through the motions because she's looking at – the dog is looking at this person like Secret Service. Any move that she makes, she's – yeah, she's on guard. And – so you put her in the X pen and you desensitize her with this person moving around your house and just, it just depends on the person. But for me, what I do is I just go and grab, I go through your cabinets, I pull out different shit and I, you know, I, I like I said, I do the dishes, I pull the trash out, I, I fake tie my shoe, I go to the door, I do everything to say, hey, I'm going to be making all these moves and it's, it's confidence. Again, it's like you get into a scenario where you're like unsure of something and then you spend 30 minutes around it and you're like, oh, we're good. I'm not afraid of that. I know what it is now. And that's what you have to do. But I think right now, if you don't have that barrier, it's just going to make the whole situation tense. Yeah. And I think a part of it, me and her were talking about it, and I think you mentioned a little mm-hmm. of it. They're able to sense how our, their human's feeling. And of course, I'm nervous when the girl's coming out. I feel my anxiety. I feel my body temperature pick up. I'm sure she senses that too, and it's causing some of that reactivity. 100%. That's probably the only reason why, well, it's one of the biggest reasons why she's <laughs> reacting. is Because I've seen that with dog reactivity on the leash, is dog owners, they like a dog who cues off of uh, the leash when they're excited. They go, okay, leash means walk. I like leash. When you get the leash, I'm excited. Same thing on the other end of the spectrum with some sort of negative component where, or a a negative association where when you see another dog or in some cases another person, you get tense. So then the dog that was a little unsure of that one bike rider that we barked at becomes way blown out of proportion because now you've basically, you're telling the dog every time you see a dog, it's bad because you get nervous you tense up, you start talking weird. People are out with their dogs, enjoying their day, listening to their podcast, thinking about life as we do. You see a dog, heel, it's okay, heel, look at me, it's okay, look at me. And the dog just goes, okay, dogs are bad. This is terrible. This yeah. this thing that enters our environment makes the person I care about the most you know, crazy. And so then that's where actually their reactivity compounds and gets worse. So that's why if you just put her in the X pen, take a deep breath, let your other dog outside, let this person in, she's probably going to bark for 30 seconds to a minute. She's going to air scent. And then she's just probably Mm going to chill. And then you just have that person continue to get 
closer, but not intentionally close. Meaning like, we're not going to go up and look at her and her, her eyes and her face and try to pet her. It's just, Hey, see that chair over by the X pen. Just go sit down, stand up, walk away, go sit down, stand up, walk away. Just really kind of stretching those muscles out of like, Mm -hmm. don't be spooked out by anything I'm going to do. We just did that. That's without me. That's without me in the house. Yeah, both. I, I think it would be I think it would be better for you not to be there. Um yeah. because that's gonna be more realistic. So that way you can actually see like on autopilot what's gonna happen when you're not there. Um okay. that that way you're more comfortable. Because if she comes over five times without you in the house, and to be honest, like I said, I would just put her in the X Pen. Yep, go on in. She comes in, she lets the other dog out, she gains confidence by seeing the other dog interact with her because your other dog is good with her or whatever. She just throws on this confidence shield of like, I'm supposed to be here. Once she calms down, she simply goes up, opens the back door, goes up, lets the door out, let her go right out. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so much that you can do, but yeah, yeah, you just have to, you have to trial a bunch of different things to see what works, but it's a pretty easy like I said, this is like the best case scenario when you have a reactive dog towards people is like they actually want nothing to do with that person. The only reason why they're reacting is because you're involved. And then once you leave, you could you could you could see a difference where you leave the house for 10 minutes and have her walk in and she has no issues like at all. That could that could very well happen for sure. But what I would do, have her come in with you there, talk for a little bit at the counter. All right see you you walk out she is there with the dogs and just see how it goes yeah okay all right sounds good yeah and the last thing is she has been a little bit reactive to people even petting my male which is you know who she's just been around a long time so best case scenario is like just get him outside out of the mix and just see how she operates without the other dog in the house yeah yep because 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 like i said before i think right now she's gonna be it sounds like she's protective she may be insecure um she may be vulnerable all the above and so things that i would be doing is just like changing up the environment so she doesn't have any opportunity to be protective or vulnerable or nervous or insecure any of those things i would just remove the other dog and kind of leaves her with the bones of Hey, you got nothing okay. here to grasp onto. You don't have dad to protect. Uh, your brother's not here. Like it's just me and you, and we are cool. Like I'm not gonna over. It's it's all about respect. I learned a lot of that from like working with the wolves. Is if you're neutral, because if somebody's winning, somebody has to lose. And what you want to do is you want to come to the yeah. scenario like very chill, very relaxed, very like neutral, um, and that's really helpful. Okay. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm going to go grab one of those X-Pens tonight and get that set up in here. Uh, you said PetSmart or PetPill will have them? Yeah, if you go on your um, – just go on your laptop or whatever and just type it in, see which one has it, or just call them. Um, okay. And it should tell you, like, you can pick store and, like, see what's in stock. I don't want you to waste your time going across town. But, yeah, they, they do have them yeah. um, for sure. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Uh, yeah, that all those things I would be doing, I, I, like I said, I think you have the best case scenario that you can with a reactive dog. You just have to figure out the right routine when you're gone 
And because of her history of being fine with that person, I think you'll, you'll be off to the races. Just like I said, do it like ASAP, which I know you are. So it's good. Yep. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. Good luck, man. Cheers. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. That was a good one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so we had a, I always write down the last question I asked. And in the last podcast, we had somebody write another question or a response and it deleted their first one. So I lost where I'm at. So I'm going to start off um, from June 3rd and work my way up. If I don't get to your question, just ask it again. I apologize. Um, but we're going to start off with Emily Sky. <clears throat> love this podcast uh five-star review thank you thank you so much for sharing this information on so many platforms i was wondering or if i if i answered this before i apologize but i'm gonna get into this um what about having a reactive dog when first responders may need to enter therefore an owner may be physically unable to put a dog in place command or under the circumstances medical type of emergency where people need to enter the home with urgency that requires support and could react dangerously i know there's no magic answer it's a great question so what i would do is i would be and obviously i would need more context of the potential disability or would, I guess I don't know if you're able to get up, if you're able to move or whatever, but I would just say like having, having a, a game plan in place where you can put your dog outside, shut the door, put your dog into a crate, <clears throat> excuse me, put your dog into a crate and latch it. Um, it under the circumstances, I would just need a little bit more context because I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, if, if, if it was a situation where you were into a scenario. I mean, if the question is how, if, if somebody needs to barge into my house unannounced without any context of me and knowing when this is going to happen or whatever, how is it going to work? There's really nothing you can do other than desensitizing your dog to seeing this picture as many times as they possibly can. And they still may never be comfortable with it because that's kind of, I, I, I'd have to have that context a little bit more to see exactly what's going on. But I would just say in general, um, if you know that you're sometimes, sometimes people have, um, episodes or they're about to have an episode or whatever the case is, if you know that that's going to happen, then I would just put your dog into the other room, shutting the door, you know, with a sign on the door, it says dogs in here, um, or whatever, whatever you need to do. But I, I, it's a great question. And, um, that's my answer is just, and, and I know that you said there's no magic answers, but I think that that would be my, my go-to is just putting the dog into a safe place. Uh, like a crate would be the best. Um, like if you can say crate, shutting the crate door, putting your dog outside, um, whatever the case is, um, that's what I would do. That's the best thing to do. Um, alternatively to that, what you could do is you can leave a note on the first responders, uh, for, for the first, first responder, sorry. Um, and you know, you could just tell them the circumstances of what's going on. And that would be my suggestion for that. Next one comes from LP. Hey, Tom, I love the podcast and YouTube videos. Your training facility is located near my home time. So that's pretty cool too. I just adopted an old intact pit bull. Uh, I've had her for one week. I found her on Craigslist, did not adopt her through a shelter. The family wanted to rehome her because there was a toddler in the home and she was uneasy. I did meet the family and Stella before making my decision. As I know, Craigslist can be sketchy. Anyway, right now I'm slowly helping her get settled. She is nervous. She loves car rides and being outside. She knows sit down, stay, come with treats. She is jumpy and wants to 
wants to be on me. She's nervous at meeting my mom and barked at her out of fear. My question is, is what's a good timeline for her training? I purchased a no bad dog Kickstarter course, but I'm afraid to introduce new things to her too quickly, like a slip leash. Um, yeah, you can, you can, you can put her into that training. The Kickstarter course is essentially an outline that every dog should have. Um, so it goes over thresholds. It goes over boundaries. It goes over how to set up the right communication relationship with your dog to be successful. And also in that it goes over all the basics as well. So that's going to be really helpful. So you can get into that right away. Um, you can use the slip. Um, right now we're training inside using positive reinforcement. Um, what should I do? I have to bring my vet in um, for an initial visit, update shots, possibly Spain. When should I do that? Um, if you're bringing your vet into your, I, I think you mean bringing her to the vet. Um, there, it's really hard to make that an unstressful thing just because dogs and the vet has <clears throat> have a bad relationship because they go in and they get poked, prodded, stuck with something. So it's just a natural thing for them to be unfortunately nervous about. Um, so there's, there's not much you can do to be like, Hey, you're going to love this. Cause they're probably not. Um, the family that gave her to me said she was fearful of other dogs and we've only seen them together from a long distance. I want to do whatever I can to make our lives more enjoyable. She's a good dog who deserves a good life. I'm, I'm truly thankful. I found you. I've been spreading my work days, listening to your podcast and watching videos at night. Amazing. Um, yeah, as far as like getting into new dogs and things like that, um, just play it, play it slow. Um, if you're interested in meeting a new dog with her, just use, um, a chain link fence, making sure that they have distance between each other, making sure that you just take your time. Obviously you don't set the dog up for failure by becoming nervous. Um, you know, all, all the things to, to make the dog successful. Um, but I think it's just important. I think the most important thing is, is just, giving the dogs the ability to meet one another without any tension or stress by just doing it with a chain link fence. So that way they have a good opportunity and also just making sure that the other dog has a history of being friendly and neutral and calm and cool. You don't want to have a dog that's fearful or nervous or insecure or reactive because that's not going to go well for a dog that's trying to, you know, work on their confidence as well. Um, okay. Next one. Good question. Action comes. I can't get enough of this podcast. Uh, Tom's conversation with and without clients is jam packed with so much information, and it's all so useful. Can be applied to so many different situations with your dog. I learn something new every time I listen. And as a past training client, uh, and his podcast reinforces what I learned at the UCA. Amazing. Um, D Petty 17. I'm a relatively new listener to this podcast, and it's been a great as Tom addresses a lot of issues and and giving solutions to a variety of problems. I never knew my dog was suffering from until hearing this and presented it this way. My question involves introducing dogs past the chain link fence, baby gate, walking stages. I'm sorry, walking together stages. We have two dogs that are on level one and two of training, and they're trying to introduce a third dog um, to the process of adopting, working on basic obedience, having the dogs on leash seems to create added stress. Um, but I want to be sure that I can quickly control the situation. Should anything go wrong that we didn't anticipate based on the initial, I would just make sure that you're, because this, I mean, obedience only goes so far. It's definitely like one of the main reasons why th things go right and why you have control. But at the end of the day, like if your dog if the, there decides to be some sort of argument or something going on, uh, it's important for you to be able to 
have control, but there's not, I mean, you have three dogs and it's just, you know, it's a lot. So I just make sure that, um, the next step or the next thing that, that you do is just take your time in the introduction phases. Um, so just make sure that you're spending enough time with the dogs together to make sure that they're good and they're comfortable and you're not overstepping. Cause I think that that's what a lot of people do is they, they, I mean, some dogs get together like gangbusters immediately and they're good, but just making sure that when you're introducing dogs in general, that you have different environmental introductions as well. So if your dogs meet outside on a chain link and they play for a half an hour to an hour and it's great when you walk inside and there's a change, you're, everyone throws out their arms. Like, I don't understand. This came out of nowhere. They were fine, but it's a difference between going out and having dinner with somebody versus somebody laying in the bed next to you. Like big difference. So especially for dogs, right? Because that's how they live their environments, right? Like with us, we have our house, we have our car, we have our work, we have our office, we have, you know, whatever. We have all these different locations and dogs don't really have that. They only have like a couple locations that they go to, right? So their their house is way more intimate to, to them than anything else. And I think it's important for when you're trying to, to do the uh, process of introduction, you just make sure that it's across the board, a good thing. So if you introduce a dog to another dog on a chain link fence outside your house, that's great, but make sure you do the same thing when you get inside as well, because that's important too. Um, so just, just make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're mindful of those things and, um, yeah. Okay. Um, I may have already answered these questions before, but like I said, I just wanted to make sure I'm being fair to everybody. So I apologize if this is a repeat, but it's probably it's good information because I probably answered it completely different than I did the first time. But anyway, I appreciate you guys. If you want me to answer your dog training questions, head over to the iTunes review chart. If you're listening to this on Spotify, give us a review. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc